This is Fireproof Your Retirement with Michael J. Markey, Jr. Fireproof Your Retirement is 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Michael's passion is to teach listeners the same thing he's taught clients and prospects, how to take control of their money. It's been this philosophy which has garnished Michael and his firm Legacy Financial Network national attention. In 2010, AM Best featured them as one of the top 10 most innovative agencies in the country. In 2014, Insurance Newsnet magazine featured Michael as a local celebrity and life health pro, named him hero of the insurance industry. Michael's even been given the Moving America Forward Award by William Shatner. Now here's your host, Michael J. Markey Jr. All right, and welcome back, everyone. I want to say welcome to our loyal listeners there at 102.9 FM. You guys have been WFUR. You've been with us now, I think, what, three years? It's been a pleasure. It's been a journey. It's been fun. And welcome and thank you to our new listeners here at 1340 AM, um, WJRW News Talk Radio. Pleasure to be with you. Stay tuned. we got a great show. And not to forget to mention, I don't want to forget to mention WLDN 98.7 up there in Ludington. Thank you to you listeners as well. You've tuned in to Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. This is the show where the only blanket statement we like is we don't like blanket statements. And our goal, and this is going to sound weird, our goal, our hope, is to change your life. We want to change your life by the way you look at money because money tears people apart because we've been focusing on money differently, the wrong way for quite a while now, starting with the creation of the 401k to be exact. Money doesn't have meaning though. It never has had meaning, but it does have purpose. Its purpose is to give or to spend. So we've got a fun show. Well, I think it's fun, but I think you will too. We've got a fun show lined up for today. We're going to talk about green money and red money, a new concept for some of you. Um, we're going to talk about the 401ks, the creation of the 401k, um, how that changed us, how that changed us as an industry, how it changed us as individuals. And we'll even have a minute to talk about Joe Kennedy today. But first, let's define green money and red money because we got so many new listeners. Green money is, um, let's start with red money. Red money goes up and down. Doesn't make it bad. That's just what it does. It's at risk. Green money is safer, so it can still go up. But its distinguishing factor is it doesn't go down or uh, it, go, it can go down a little bit, but never goes down by more than 5%. And the reason it's important that we define green and red, and your definition of green may be a little bit more aggressive than mine. Maybe you think, some of you listeners think uh, that, you know, I'm okay if it only loses 8%, which is more than 5 but boy, 10% is where I don't think it's really stable. And there's a legitimate argument to that. But what's important is you need to make these definitions, whatever that is for you prior to looking at your own portfolio. Because when you look at your own portfolio and you see, um, you know, and you've owned um, XYZ stock for 20 years, and you go, that's a really stable stock. But then we look at performance and there's years where it's lost 15%. You go, eh, no, that was just because of this or just because of that. You rationalize it away. You add your own emotions to it. We want to eliminate the emotions from um, the equation. But we can't. We want to try. We want to do our best that we can, but we have to pay attention to our behaviors. So green money is stable. Red money is at risk. Now, as we said earlier, money doesn't have any meaning. It only has purpose. And its purpose is to either give or to spend. Those are the only two things I can find that you can ever do with a dollar. I mean, other than being like, what was it, Russia in the 
1930s, maybe early 40s, when they had uh, runaway inflation, hyperinflation, and they used their currency to heat their homes. I don't think we're ever going to have to um, find out the BTU equivalent of a U.S. dollar. I don't think we're ever going to have to use it for that. So money doesn't have meaning then. Only purpose, it's only two purposes, is to give or to spend. And we're going to do that three ways. Short-term needs, long-term needs, then unknown needs. Short-term would be, let's say that um, you lose your job. Well, you need some short-term income then until you get your next job, don't you? Long-term might be, um, well, you know what? Uh, here I am retiring and my social security and my pensions, if you have a pension, it only comes up to X amount, but I really need a little bit more next. Or if you're 30 years old, your long-term income is what? Your wages, okay? Then we have unknown. Unknown sounds ambiguous, but it's easy to define. Unknown um, is, let's, let's define it this way. I've never met a single person who had a financial plan that they were going to spend their last dollar on their 70th birthday. Why? Because they may live to 70 in one day. But what I want to focus today are the known needs, short-term, long-term, known needs. Because I find a lot of times people are putting these known needs, they're putting them in the red bucket. And they do it typically one of two reasons. A, they don't know that it was red. They just took the opinion of somebody, some you know, advisor or whatever said, well, no, this is pretty conservative. Or maybe the, the fund, in the, they have a mutual fund, and in the title it says conservative something. Understand that others' definition of conservative and your definition may be different. So we don't want to go on words or opinions. We want to go on math. The second reason people put money in red is because they go, well, Mike, it goes up more than it goes down. Absolutely. You know, depending on the era, depending on the decade, red is overwhelmingly up more than it's down. And by overwhelmingly, I mean like 70% of the time it's up. But here's what happens. What I find so much more intriguing and fascinating, and I know I find things intriguing and fascinating that maybe others don't, but is to look at and talk to people about not what happened, but when it happened. What were you being told leading up to it? And how did it change your behaviors, your thoughts, your actions after it? So in 2010, for example, when I was meeting with people, I'd be asking those questions. What were you being told? How did it shape you? And I got tons and tons of answers. But they all kind of came down to one of two things. Most of the time, red is up. Most of the time, the market is up. But every once in a while, Mike, it goes down. And when it goes down, we won't see it coming. Number one, we won't see it coming. I'm like, wow, what do you mean? Because people talk about that they can see this. And I heard hundreds of stories from families that said, you know, we were working with this group, this advisor, this firm who told us they had indicate in things called indicators or maybe triggers. They were supposed to tell us when to get in the market, when to get out, when to go left, when to go right, when to do this, when to do that. And they go, for many, many years, it worked really well, but when it failed, it failed bad. And then people would tell me maybe they were working with a firm that had this group of gurus behind the scenes, maybe in Chicago, New York City, San Francisco, North Carolina was a big one. And that team was supposed to help navigate the market, navigate this retirement, navigate their investments. And they did a really, really good job until they failed, until they were wrong. And when they were wrong, it was in a big way. See, we won't see it coming, but we always think we will. Psychologists call this a hindsight bias because you've been through it. And once you're through it, you're like, I'm going to see it next time. But you never do. So number one, we won't see the next downturn coming. And number two, it's never at a good time. I know that sounds obvious. 
But until we know, until we address the obvious, sometimes we can't prepare for it. So green money, red money. If you're sitting there wondering now whether you have green money or questioning whether you have too much red money, then I encourage you to get a second opinion. Somebody who's going to give you opinion based on math, not experiences. Give us a call. We are local. We're here in Grand Rapids, Holland, Muskegon, 616-589-4004, 589-4004. Or go online, check us out. You can even sign up for some of our educational workshops. I think we do more training and educating of people in West Michigan on Social Security than any other firm. We do almost 100 events a year, and there, a lot of them do get packed out. So register online for one of the workshops at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com or call our office and we can sign you up too. 616-589-4004, 589-4004. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. All right, and welcome back to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. Before the before the break, we talked about green money, red money. Green is stable, it's safer, it goes up, can go down, doesn't go down by more than 5%. Red goes up, it goes down, doesn't make it bad, just what it does. Most of the time it goes up, but when it goes down, we won't see it coming and it's never at a good time. And then lastly, we said money doesn't have meaning, only purpose, which is to give or to spend. And we do so in three ways, short-term giving spending, long-term giving and spending, and then unknown giving and spending. Now, you can still put these dollars that have a no need. You can you can put them still in red. But when you do that, you got to be um, okay with one of these three things. Not all, just one. Number one, that you believe either yourself or your advisor can time the market. Now, clearly from what I said in the first break or first segment, we don't believe in time the market. Maybe I'm a, more of a skeptic, but I've had people tell me they can do it, and I've never seen success from them. And number two, if something like that existed, why wouldn't a big mutual fund company buy it and squash it? Isn't that what mutual fund companies do is to put together things that we can't and then charge us for it or we can't do as well as they can? I think back to that urban legend from the 50s. Now, by the way, if you know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who had a son, who had a friend whose dad did this, <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't have that kind of connection. But I've heard this urban legend about the 1950s where this guy created a carburetor that allowed uh, GM cars or I guess any car, but allowed those cars to get 50 miles to the gallon. Now, the story goes that GM bought it and then wham, squashed it, broke it. Why? Because of the relationship they had to oil companies. Not saying GM's bad, not saying that this happened. I'm telling you it's an urban legend from what I know. But wouldn't the same be true if there was some magical formula, this magical thing? And you guys will see these late night commercials for it. Look at our program. You know, when, when you see the, the light go green, that means buy. When it goes yellow, that means hold. And when it goes red, that means sell. Come on. If there was some easy formula like that. Why wouldn't a Vanguard, no, no disrespect to Vanguard, great company, but why wouldn't a Vanguard buy that and smash, smash it up? Why wouldn't they? It'd be like the carburetor example. I think they would. So let's go past number one. Number two, you can still put money 
um, your needed dollars, your income dollars in red if you're just willing to change your spending when the math looks bad. The math won't look bad often, but when it does, we don't see it coming and it's never a good time. I think back to this couple I met probably about seven years ago and we were looking at their finances and I mean, they were going just nose diving like, and it wasn't because of the market, by the way, the market hadn't helped. It had hurt majorly, but it was because of their rate of withdrawal. And I think we've all got stories in our life, interactions that we can remember just as vividly today as it was the day it happened, whether that's two years ago or 20 years ago. And this was one of them. He had shared with me how they, um, you know, I asked why they had three brand new cars and he goes, well, because we have a three car garage. Now I don't pretend to say things the right way. I know I don't. And a lot of times if it comes in my head, it's coming out my mouth. I looked at him and said, you know, a three car garage is not a prerequisite for three brand new cars. If you don't change your spending, you're going to have to in a major way later. And that's when he looked at me, he goes, you didn't listen. I go, what? He goes, you didn't listen. I told you we're not changing a thing. And then he said these three words that has changed me. It's changed the way we teach people about money. He said, because we deserve this. Think about that. He said, we deserve this. Haven't we all in some point of our life said, you know, I'm going to do this because I deserve it. How about those of you working right now who get home on a Friday night, you're paycheck to paycheck. I heard this statistic the other day, 78% of American families live paycheck to paycheck. You get home on a Friday night, you say, it's been a long week. Hun, what's for dinner? I haven't made it yet. I want to see what you wanted. Well, I don't want to cook. Do you want to cook? No, I don't want to cook. So you do what? You order pizza, go out to Applebee's, go to Chili's. And although you're paycheck to paycheck, you do so and you say, and why? If I questioned you on it. I've questioned people on this. Why are you doing that? Why deserve this? I just worked 60 hours. I need to be able to unwind. I shouldn't have to cook dinner. You're right. You probably shouldn't have to. But what does, what does whatever we deserve, at least on earth, what does that have to do with anything? It's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? I don't think the worst of worst people deserve to outlive their child. Yet it happens. I don't think the mean, the meanest of mean people deserve Alzheimer's or dementia. Yet it happens. That disease will afflict mean and nice people without prejudice. What we deserve is irrelevant. It doesn't change the math. So I'm not trying to be a downer here. What I'm trying to do is show you that when the math looks bad, which isn't often, you have to have a way of turning off the spigot. And the only ways I can find to turn off the spigot is to change your spending or even more unfavorable, go back to work. People really don't like those options. And if you don't like those options, then you therefore are risking dollars you can't afford to risk. You better have some green. That's why we have green. Put a spigot on green and we can turn that spigot on when the math looks bad with red. But too often, if you ask your advisor, should I have red or green? Well, don't ask red or green because not all of them will know what that means. Um, In our industry, red is growth and green is conservative. Now, if growth even sounds new to you, that's because up until about 10 years ago, it was conservative, moderate, then aggressive. And then here come the millennials and we get rid of aggressive because it's too scary. So now we call it growth. (laughs) There's my bad joke. So if you ask them, should you have growth or conservative? What do they do? They default to rate of return to show you, look at how much money, more money you'll have if these dollars are growing rather than being stagnant or not growing very much like they do in green. But while that's important, that only is true if life happens exactly as planned. You and I both know that that doesn't happen often. 
because right now I meet people who have 400,000 in their 401k or they have a hundred thousand in their 401k or they got a million dollars of retirement assets and they've got a few thousand at most in savings and checking that prevents them from paying car insurance in full, which typically will save eight to 12% that pre prevents them from buying groceries in bulk sometimes or taking advantage of sales that on things they'd buy anyway. Cause if it's some, a sale on something you wouldn't have bought, then it doesn't help, but it prevents them from doing this. Or if they do, are able to do it, they put it on a visa. And I got news for you, visa wants their interest on both good and bad years, whereas the 401k only makes interest in good years. We're then replacing I know so numbers with I hope so, because if you pay your car insurance in full, I know you'll save that eight to 12%. If you put those same dollars though in the market, I hope you'll make eight to 12%. You see the difference? I know so versus I hope so. So we use red over green or green over red, not because of the rate of return, but because what is the purpose of those dollars? Are Do they have a known purpose? And if so, are you willing to change your spending or go back to work when things don't look good? If not, then you better not risk them. See, we flipped the equation when we created the 401k. When we created the 401k, what did we have before that? Pensions. See, the pension was beautiful because it gave people a known quantity so then they could build their known needs in relationship with that known income. It's how your entire working life has worked. Known income, known needs. But then all of a sudden we got rid of the pension, late 70s, and we introduced the 401k. Now I want you to think for a minute. Late 70s, early 80s, was America, was it a manufacturing country or IT? It's manufacturing. How do we get all of these blue collar workers who didn't know anything about the market, who wanted nothing to do with the market, who didn't trust the market and knew essentially no one in the market? How do we get them to suddenly start putting their retirement in there? How? By promises. We promised wealth, independence, toys. We said, look, at 18, 19, 20% rate of return, you will retire a millionaire. A lot of you listening have been told you'd retire a millionaire, yet it hasn't happened that way. Because when you're promised 18%, but you get 12, in hindsight, 12 is really, really good, but 18 is better. And when you expected 18, but you only got 12, you're not all that satisfied then with the 12, are you? And it becomes harder to stay motivated and inspired to do the things you were supposed to do, to continue to put money aside when it didn't do what you were told it was going to do. Something you didn't trust, now you trust even less because it didn't do what somebody told you it would do. That's how we messed this up. Prior to the creation of the 401k, just about everybody who could financially afford it, they had emergency funds. And now we, we make a mischaracterization, a misrationalization that will say, well, they did that because they actually got interest. You know, they got, I remember my grandparents talking about 10% interest in the bank account. You're right. They also paid a 25% mortgage though. So if they had $1,000, which back then was a lot, if they had $1,000 sitting in savings checking, it might've been earning 10%, but their mortgage, that $1,000 applied to their mortgage would have saved $250. They were smart people. They understood that, but they weren't willing to risk that safety net, that emergency fund, because they knew life sometimes happens. So that's when we messed this up. When we created the 401k, not that 401ks are bad, we got people to stop focusing on income and start focusing on growth. That's why we've become much more aggressive. And that's why planning has started to fail because life does happen. And when life happens, you need money to pay for it. And if you don't have money to pay for it, Visa becomes your best friend. And when Visa becomes your best friend, you're stealing tomorrow's dollars today. Hmm. If this sounds like you, it doesn't have to be this way. I've counseled, I've given advice, I've helped individuals who are bad at money, we all are, by the way, our human behaviors 
naturally, we're bad at money, but who have been bad at money, bad with debt, haven't been able to save anything, and their one saving grace is that 401k. Life doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be paycheck to paycheck. If you're just getting advice on the things your advisors get paid for, then they are failing you. This is how our industry fails people every day. The success of your retirement isn't going to be the growth rate of your mutual funds. It's going to be how much money you spend and how much debt you take on. Number one indicator of wealth isn't rate of return or fees. It's how much did you save. So if your advice has only been, if all you get is advice on the investments, then it's time you get a more thorough plan. Give us a call. We're local. Grand Rapids, Muskegon, Holland. Wherever you live, we're pretty close. Give us a call, 616-589-4004. It's 589-4004. Or go online to com. Sign up for a workshop. Our workshops are great. They're at libraries, so they're non-confrontational. You don't like what we have to say? Cool. Take the, We're not going to give you a meal because the, the information we give you is actually worth something. And if you're not comfortable going online to sign up, call us. We've got a great staff, great team. 616-589-4004. You've worked a lifetime or will work a lifetime for your retirement assets. Shouldn't you have a plan? Let's take a break and we'll be right back. When asked, most people would tell you they plan to file for Social Security at either age 62, 66, or 70. But for the vast majority of Americans, none of these ages will provide them with their largest lifetime benefit, and it could cost them thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in benefits. To ensure you maximize your lifetime Social Security benefit, you need the Social Security Maximization Report from Legacy Financial Network. More than 20,000 calculations, including life expectancy testing. Visit us online at Legacy financialnetwork.com. You will know exactly what to do and exactly when to do it. All right. And welcome back to the last segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. Again, I am your host, Michael Markey. Today, we've been talking about green money, red money, safer dollars versus at risk. We've said one isn't better than the other. They're just different. But be careful about putting dollars you know you're going to need. Be, be careful about putting these income dollars, short-term or long-term income dollars at in red. If you're still working, you better have savings checking. Focus on that first. Let's start getting I know so numbers rather than I hope so. Pay the car insurance in full. I know you'll save that 8 to 12%. Whereas if you don't pay in full so you can invest more, I hope, then you'll get 8 to 12%. There's a difference there. But we said that one of the things we're going to talk about today is Joe Kennedy. And before I get to that story, I want to share with you a story that I had recently with uh, annual review with one of our clients. They took their motorcycles from Michigan all the way to Colorado and to ride up in the mountains with some of their friends. They said, it's beautiful. No place like it on earth to be able to ride your, your bike. I'm not a motorcycle person, so I, I don't know. But right outside Kansas, they got into a traffic jam, 95 degree weather, sun beating down on the black asphalt. They could taste the exhaust coming out of the trucks around them. And it goes, you know what, Mike, it dawned on me. Why on earth didn't we put these motorcycles in a trailer and drive the truck to Colorado then take the motorcycles out in the mountains. And I said, I, I don't know. Was this your first time doing it? He goes, no, we've done it a bunch of times in our thirties, forties, even in our fifties. They're just now at the end of their fifties into their sixties. And he goes, it was always fun, but now it didn't seem fun to go through that journey. The, the journey used to be fun, but now I just wanted to have the enjoyment of being in the mountains with the bike. He goes, it's kind of that been there, done that thing. And, and it was rang so true that as you get older, you're going to look at downturns, the ups, the downs, the ebbs, the flows differently. Because you've been there and done that. And now all of a sudden, though, these dollars are no longer unknown dollars. The need is no longer unknown. 
you think about it when you were 40 and we had a downturn because people tell me all the time, oh, I'll be fine. I've been through a bunch of downturns. Yeah, well, when you were 40 and you had a downturn, did you worry? No, because you weren't going to use those for income. You need to go get another job when you're 50. Did you worry? A little bit, but you weren't going to use them for income. The need was still unknown. If you're 60 and you lose employment, the need for those dollars are now known. You need income. And it's going to be those dollars unless you go back to work, but you're going to be less motivated to go back to work at 60 than you were at 40. So we got to start doing things differently. Take a little bit less risk. In the um, Right before the, the Great Depression, Joe Kennedy was getting a haircut. And while he was getting a haircut, he heard his barber giving stock tips to other patrons. And Joe right then, he thought, you know, if my barber, who doesn't know anything about the stock market, if he's dabbling in the market, then it's time to get out because they don't know what they're doing. In other words, they're going to be creating blips and bubbles because they were now trading and they didn't have the expertise. I'm not saying by any mean that the stock market is bad. A lot of our clients have that, but use it for growth. That's how it used to always be done. People used it for growth. People didn't become a millionaire back then because of having money in the market. People became a millionaire because they were already a millionaire. Now all of a sudden we have stories like Apple and Yahoo and we hear about, oh my boy, my, my you know, the guy down the street in the cul-de-sac, he bought Apple at 32 cents. Now it's, you know, whatever. And, you know, that pretty much made his retirement. True. That is a true story for some. But if it doesn't work that way for you, are you willing to change your spending or go back to work because the math just didn't work that way? Most people won't. They're not willing to do that. Remember, if money doesn't have any meaning, only purpose, then if all we do is focus on this little number at the bottom of the page, you know, on those statements, if 500 grows to 700,000, do you suddenly start spending and giving differently? No. No, 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 you don't. Why? Because if 500, you know, whatever you have, it never feels quite like enough. That doesn't mean that you're um, unappreciative of what you have. It means you're humble. Those who think they have all the money in the world, they spend it every penny of it. So you're humble. 500 doesn't feel like quite enough. Does 700 suddenly feel like enough? No. You may give and spend a little bit differently, but not meaningful because you still don't think it is enough because you don't have a plan on how to take dollars out, income dollars. And you know the market does sometimes go down. And when it goes down, you won't see it coming and it's never at a good time. And if five becomes seven, what you learn is that seven feels better than five. And once you have seven, you don't want five because now you have seven. But the flip side sometimes happens too. Much less frequently. Much more unusual. But sometimes five becomes three. And if five doesn't feel like enough money, 300,000 300, doesn't feel like anywhere near enough. And that changes you. That changes your retirement. Maybe you go back to work. Maybe you change your spending. But it always bugs me the people who go back to work. Not that a good day's work isn't, you know, admirable. But they left work once and they were kind of done with that job. They go, you know, I'm just done. And now the job they didn't want, they can't have because they're going back to work a couple years into retirement. And they don't work till their retirement portfolio goes back to 500,000. They, they don't stop there because they know 500 became 300 once. They go back to work till five becomes 550 to six, 650 to seven. Next thing you know, they pass away. They never got to use a penny of those dollars. And they do what? The kids? And the kids then go by the boat, the golf membership, the house, Disney, all the things mom and dad wouldn't do with the money they do because mom and dad would have wanted it this way. I'm going to finish with this. Retirement is about income, 
not growth. I don't care how old you are. You need to have some stable dollars because life will happen and life will happen in a way that you do not anticipate. As you sit listening to me right now, are you 100% positive that whenever the next downturn happens, that you are prepared differently today than what you were the last time? What are you doing differently today than what you were doing seven years at your, boy, it's been more than seven years, 10 years ago now? What are you doing differently today than what you were doing 10 years ago to make sure that what happened 10 years ago doesn't happen to you again? You're 10 years older. You're 10 years close to retirement. Losses now are more impactful than they were 10 years ago. What are you doing differently? What plan do you have to take dollars out when the market's down? What plan do you have to take Social Security? What plan do you have to minimize taxes? Is this plan even written down? Because a plan not written down really isn't a plan. It's just an idea. If you can't answer those questions or can't answer them confidently, go to our website, LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Sign up for a workshop. Or give us a call, 616-589-4004. We're local, Grand Rapids, Holland, Muskegon. We can help, 616-589-4004. You can also call that line to sign up for one of those workshops or go online. But lastly, it's 616-589-4004. Until next week, I am your host, Michael Markey, and this has been another episode of Fireproof Retirement. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. 